Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everybody, Derek here with Gamer Heroes, back for episode 38. I've got my co-host John with me. How you doing, buddy? Yo, I'm back. Welcome. Welcome. I'm, I'm doing well. Good, good. Uh, today we're going to talk about a few different things. We've got, of course, some news. We'll be talking about GameStop and Sony, including our thoughts on The Last of Us Part 2 trailer. And then we'll be switching gears to Nintendo, pun intended, uh, to talk uh, all Switch news, a bit about GameCube controllers, Rocket League, and then our impressions so far of Super Mario Odyssey, which released last week. Yeah. Oh. Good all stuff. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess we'll, we'll kick things off. Um, so GameStop has, uh, launched a video game rental service, essentially, uh, because it is, you know, I don't know, 1997 or something. No, I'm kidding. This is actually a very interesting idea. So, have you heard about this yet? I, I haven't. Um, I, I mean, what are you trying to compete with, with uh, Gamefly? I mean, what, what are we talking here? A, a little bit. So, it's called Play Pass. Or, or Power Pass. Play, yeah, Play, Pla- Play Pass. Or Power no, Pass. No, it's Power Pass. Power Pass. Uh, headlines say play, uh, play plus, but the, it's it's power pass. Power pass. <laughs> I know. There you go. Introducing power pass. Ult- unlimited gaming is the the tagline from GameStop, and basically, you pay in six month increments, sixty dollars, so ten bucks a month, and you can enjoy as many pre owned games as you can during that time frame. So. Um, basically if you can, you know, play a game a week, you theoretically could get through a lot of games, you know, uh, 20 some, uh, depending, you know, on the, the months, I suppose. But, uh, you know, long story short, uh, it's 60 bucks and you get to keep the game, the last game that you have. So if you, you know, do a bunch of different games and you end up with, uh, you know, Breath of the Wild or whatever, you get to keep that one. That's actually a pretty cool idea, honestly, because you you actually like that would be for that would be something um, that I used to do that would actually be very because okay, remember last week when we talked about game uh, Blockbuster had a Game Pass type thing, and um, that was how we played a lot of our games right back in the nineties. We didn't get to keep any of those, so that's a really cool idea. It is interesting, and it's relatively cheap if you think about it, right? right? Because even if you only make it through two games, you're still then only spending you're spending thirty bucks a game, and you get to keep one of them. And so, if they're AAA titles like you know uh, Call of Duty or Destiny Two or something like that, then you're, you're getting a pretty good deal here. Uh, I'm not you know the world's biggest fan of GameStop. I don't really like what they've done with you know, for example, the uh, the NES Classic bundles that they've sold through ThinkGeek or you know the Circle of Life policy that they've ended recently. Um, but uh, this is an interesting idea, and it kind of it, it helps promote their kind of bi- their business model, which is pre-owned games. Right. Well, that, that that's where their money is. Like, come on, let let's be honest. They they. They micro, they buy that stuff from people for a couple dollars, and they'll give you a bonus of a couple other dollars, and they sell it for fifteen. So they make instant profit. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely that's right. That's what they want to do. Like, I, they're always pushing that. Why is every every time they do a sale or anything, is it not always on the um, pre-owned games? Always, almost every time. Yeah. That's that's their whole concept, and this era of digital games has really started to hurt them quite a bit. Right. So this is a good way to help avoid that. Um, 
I would do this. At Sixty though. bucks. I, I think it's a great like. I, I I would never think any service would give you a a a free game in the end of it. I know it's not free, but I feel like it is because we already pay for a ton of service and. Like I'll give you Netflix as an example. That's a subscription service. I'm paying for this subscription, but I don't get to keep any of the content. Uh, right. I mean, that's definitely true. Um, I mean, I, I'm very curious to see what the specifics are going to need to be. So first off, it, it does look like you'll need to be uh, what they call a Power Club member or a Power Up Rewards member, excuse me, um, which is kind of their premium service similar to Best Buy's Gamer Club, where you have to pay a yearly fee, but you get bonuses on trade-ins, you get bonuses on, uh, you know, earn reward money and things of that nature. So you will have to be that kind of member. So they, they're already going to get your money that way, which is, I think, like, I don't know, it's like $15 a year or mm, something like that. So maybe it's not um, that cheap. So, you know, but, but it depends, because if you are the kind of person who's still going to buy games and turn them in, you might already be a power-up member. I am infrequently from time to time. I am just kind of depends on what's going on. Um, but you know, the big, the big issue here is going to be, is it all, all games, right? Is it going to be the big titles like destiny two and, you know, Mario Odyssey and things like that? Um, two, is it going to, is there going to be a lot of availability? I mean, right now, if I go into my local GameStop, they don't have a ton of copies of every title. They have a bunch of titles and a couple copies of most of them. They'll probably um, beef up their inventory. They'll have to. Well, so that's a big cost for them. So then the question is going to be, how long do you have to keep a game before you can swap it in? Right. Is it, you know, 24 hours, 72 hours a week? What is it? What is the maximum number of games a person could get out of this deal? That would be the real question. And then um, the next question would be, of course, is quality control. So back in the old days of video game rentals, most games were cartridges. Of course, you, you had PlayStation and then later on, you know, Xbox. Um, but will these discs stay in good shape? If I get a disc and it's, you know, skipping and, and things like that, am I going to be able to take it back and get some type of credit or extension on, on my time? Um, you know, they can't, it, they can't give me a free rental, so to speak, because, you know, I've already paid for it. So, what, you know, how will that back and forth work? Yeah, I don't know. It looks like they're also giving you, um, it starts the 19th of November. So, you, I, I mean, is that, is there a trial period? Like, do I have to sign up? But that's when it starts signing up, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's when it begins, but it certainly sounds like there's no free trial. This sounds like it's sixty bucks. It's sixty bucks. Um, hmm. And what's interesting is it it sounds like that's the only option that it's it's six months at a time for sixty dollars. There's no you know twelve month or three month kind of deal like there is for things like you know uh, Xbox Live Gold or PS Plus. You know things like that. See, I um, I, I think I think you're only going to be able to choose from a pool of games. Because if they're giving your last game free, well, not free, but you know what I mean, your last game is uh, basically paid for in full, I don't think they're going to give you the newest game. Like, I would just wait. So, like, let's say I wanted to do Call of Duty, right? That's in the end of November. Well, never mind. Do you only get one? So your last game is free. It's not free. I, I, I'm sorry. I keep saying that word. Your last game. You get to keep your last right, game. Right. Your last game. Yeah. Is it smart to just wait? Like the game you really want to keep, do you just wait until the end of your six months? And at the end of your six months, you just say, "I want to rent this game and keep it." Or well, that's what it's going to be. Is it one of the six, one of the seven games or eight games you've played? You're going to have to optimize it. You're going to have to say to yourself, "Here's the games I want to play over the next six months. Here are my backups in case they don't have in stock what I want. And here's the game that I want to end with." So and you basically say to yourself when you end up with that final game. No matter how much time is left, you just keep it. The only thing that's weird is, I don't know, it's just like, so potentially, like, let's say the service Call of Duty comes out on the November 20-something, right? And uh, this game, I want I want to keep that game, the new World War II Call of Duty. <laughs> I won't essentially get to keep that game until six months later. 
I mean, de- depending on how you define keep, I suppose you could rent just that game and hold on to it for six months. Um, but yeah, I mean, the idea here is not that you're getting to keep a quote new release. Right. The idea is that this is a revolving door. So if you start on 1119, then, you know, whatever comes out in April or something like that is going to be a much newer game that you could theoretically hold on to. Uh, it's really going to be about that maximization. Now, the nice thing is this could be an opportunity for people to go out and try games they would not normally buy. That's, and that's more, mainly what I would use it for. And, that, and that's why in, in the 90s and the early 2000s, I played a lot of games. I played a lot of games because these were games I knew I wasn't going to buy, but I could, I could easily beat them in a day or two. Um, stay up all but, night and I'd beat them in a weekend. Yeah. Um, but it's not even so much as beating them as much as just trying them. There are a lot of games that I do not want to spend $60 a pop on. Oh, I know. That I would like to check out. Um, and yeah, there's Redbox. Redbox is out there. And Redbox is definitely, I mean, if you, if you average this out to one game a month, it's 10 bucks a game. That's still more expensive than a couple of days at Redbox, oh, but sure. you get to keep it for, for an entire month. Yeah, it's, it's so, unlimited. So I, I imagine it's as fast as you can beat them. So. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's going to have to be some kind of limit. You know, they're not going to want someone coming in and out, you know, day after day. There's going to have to be some kind of restriction. I don't know. Like, I felt like Blockbuster and um, Gamefly, those those guys kind of do already have that policy where it's you keep it as long as you need you want. Um. I mean, that's true, but keep in mind with Gamefly, you have to mail it back and forth. So there is some downtime. Right. So, it, I mean, it's a dependent on the, the person. This is really yeah. interesting. Do you think, do you see yourself doing it? Um, not now. I do think it's a good idea. So I, I definitely would not blame anybody for doing it. I happen to have a very large backlog of games I've already purchased right. that I need to play. Uh, so once I catch up, if that ever happens in my lifetime, uh, then, you know, this is something I would definitely look into, um, especially to try some of these other games I would not normally, you know, want to spend the full price for. Well, I just look at it like this. I mean, next year alone, we've got seven or eight solid games. So it's probably next year would probably be the year to use this. I mean, probably, and I'm sure that's why it's coming out in November. But again, you know, they're going to have to change how they handle their inventory because right now, you know, everyone's going to go after the same half a dozen games mm-hmm. and there's no way they could keep up with demand. Yeah, they're not going to. So, cool. Well, I, hey, I I think this is a, a great idea and uh, a great topic. Um, I will probably be taking advantage of this, not this year, but definitely next year. Fair enough. We'll see how long it it lasts, really. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, let's move on then to the world of Sony. Hmm. Well, um, uh, today, the Last of Us Part Two trailer has dropped, and um, it's intense. I, I mean, I watched it at work, and I'm like, whoa. There's themes of 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 rape, and there's theme. There's a woman getting her her. <laughs> arm bashed in and someone getting noosed like i was like holy shit Um, yeah it's uh it's a pretty dark introduction to this sequel yeah Uh, yeah and and obviously we don't know who the characters are but i'm just thinking though like wow this this it wasn't really a trailer in my opinion it was more just like here's a random cutscene out of context um that's very brutal i want you guys to know how brutal our game's gonna be um that's a good point. There is a rumor going around that the main woman uh, in the trailer is Elle's mother. Okay, so I heard that too, and um, I don't agree with it. Okay, okay. Is it is it that you, you don't agree with it, or you don't want that to be the no, case? No, I don't agree with it because uh, Elle in the game explained – she pretty much said that her mother – She number one, she – she was like what sixteen, seventeen in the last game. So this was she that old? I thought she was. Yeah, I feel like she was younger, but that's all right. Uh, she might be thirteen or fifteen between that age range. But either way, um, she remembers before all of this happened. So 
Right, that's true. I, how can her mom still be that age <laughs> and this is happening? I don't know. Uh, she, I, I, she mentioned her parents. I thought she mentioned her parents dying, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm getting it confused. I don't think that's true. I think she's well, relevant fair, to the story, but I don't think she's her mom. We don't know when this game takes place. Well, so the only thing that would make sense in my head is that her mom didn't die for some reason, and they're surviving in this world too. Um, mm-hmm. But her mom doesn't look like – that woman in the in the trailer didn't really look that – I would imagine her mom would have to be between 30 and 40 years old. Um, you think? I mean it, depending on when the game takes place. That woman did not place, look 30 or 40 years old. No, she she did not look 40. She She may have been 30. She was extremely cut too. I was like, "How does she have this much muscle in the apocalypse?" Because <laughs> she's always, you know, outside running and she had like a six pack in like her that. her back, her just her biceps alone <laughs> were like, it's like holy crap, man! She just gets protein. Is that all she's eating in the apocalypse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is definitely physically fit. I will, I will say that much. Well, the fact that she was able to survive a, a noose, like basically being tied up on a noose for that long, <laughs> was uh, impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the movie magic, though, right? Where you know the the main character can hold his breath for like seven minutes, right? And, right. You know, well, like in thing. Sin City, when uh, Bruce Willis. He's being hung, and he's sit there for like an hour or something crazy like right. that. Right, yeah, exactly. I stiffened my neck Just for like a straight that. hour. <laughs> like, no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, okay, but uh, that aside, who she is and what she is, because it's kind of a random out of – it's kind of out of context, but um, they just wanted to display how brutal this world was, I guess. Um, it had a lot of themes. I was just very – like very – very intense themes to show um, your game off on. I mean, it, the graphics look great. The sweat, you could see the sweat and the freckles on the skin. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, uh, it's, to, for me, it's just a little out of context. Yeah, there was definitely, I mean, other than the fact that a couple of clickers, you know, show up at the very end, there's really no other context. So all we know is this takes place, you know, after uh, everything goes to shit. Uh, that's all right. we really know. So it could be, you know, a couple of weeks later. It could be years later. It could be, you know, a decade after the first game. We really don't know. Right. Well, and if if the clickers didn't show up, and I didn't know this was the last of two trailer, I would have called it a a, a Tomb Raider game or something. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I guess the only thing that we really have is there's that the teaser they had last year where Elle's playing the guitar, and we can assume that that's the time frame the game is taking place in, but games can jump back and forth through time whenever they want with cutscenes and things like that. So, right. What was your take on it? You thought it was pretty intense? I mean, the yeah, it, it was definitely very, very brutal. Um, it, you know, there, again, there was so little context. I don't even know why they wanted to kill this woman. Right? Like, uh, I just thought it was really they odd. Were. And they're like... Uh, it, you know, sh- she's spewing some type of religious something, mm-hmm. uh, but then they literally hammer a girl's arm. Like, I don't know. It just it seemed really kind of just disjointed, uh, which may be on purpose, of course. Uh, but it's beautifully done. The graphics are very sharp, very detailed, very sophisticated. Yeah. That's, that's about all you really get, though. Uh, you know, you don't get a whole lot else from this. Um, you know, the... Three of the characters, I mean, there's six characters, and half of them are dead by the end of the trailer. Right, and... You know, so... Yeah, there's six people in the trailer, and there's, like, three or four in the end. (laughs) So it's like, yeah. Well, whoever those people who were kidnapping um, that one lady, I don't know, they're clearly savages, in my opinion. They're, They're probably... I don't know. I I just imagine it's some. It's like the first game. Like there are a lot of people trying to survive, and the lines become very blurred as to. Yeah, this didn't look like a survival thing though, because there are other bodies just hanging up there and, and things like that. So I don't feel like this was like a preservation thing as much as like indoctrination or cult like or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's it, like again, it's just, it just wasn't really. It was kind of, it was just very out of context. We don't really know what's going on. But I, I honestly think it was kind of a, it was a dark scene as well. Um, so you can only get what you, the only graphics, graphical, um, visual graphics you can see are really just the fire bouncing off of their skin. So you don't really get. I feel like you didn't really display the game to me very well. You, you, all you told me was that it was very brutal. Yeah, and I think that was all they really wanted to get across here was that yes, this there are still clickers. Yes, this is a Last of Us game. Yes, it'll be very violent. Right. <laughs> that, that's pretty much all we got out of it because yeah. you really couldn't see that much uh, visual. You know what I mean? It was just whatever was coming off of the reflection from the fire in the, in the game. Cause it was dark. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was basically it. So. Yeah. Cause like, I wish, I feel like that wasn't like to call it a trailer to me is kind of like not, it's not a trailer. It's more like a, here's a clip from a cutscene well, in the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's not a collection of scenes. Not at all. It didn't yeah, tell me anything. I it, it, like I said, all it displayed was how graphic the game was. That's true, and I'm not necessarily—I don't really want them to give away the farm or anything like that. So part of me likes when they keep things kind of quiet, but at the same time, you know, it would be good to know some details, like when does this take place, and you know, who are these characters that we're randomly being introduced to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I mean. I'm waiting for the next one. I, I need more info. Mm-hmm. I know it'll be good. Like, I'm not, I, that doesn't, I'm not, you know, sitting here going, well, that doesn't sound promising, or that doesn't look promising. That's not what I'm saying. I'm looking at it going, well, what else is going on? <laughs> what else is going on in this world? Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. people are killing people still. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the same world. Nothing. I don't really think much has changed, from what I can tell. Right. Well, I mean, for all we know, that could be an older L, right, or Ellen, or whatever. I I don't think Ellie. so. I mean, I think we're supposed to believe that it is right, but something tells me that's like the obvious answer, so it can't be right. Right. I I thought the same thing. It's just too obvious. So I think people are reaching. But it's her mom. Like. She doesn't have to be directly. She could be. It could be Joel's wife or something. I don't know. It could be someone random. Sure. Yeah. I don't trust that rumor. I don't believe that rumor. So, if anything, it's she's probably related to to Joel. Yeah. Just by the way she it's can good... kick ass, I feel like that's Joel. That's fair. I'm good with that. So switching. <laughs> Um, to Nintendo, what do we got going on in Nintendo's world? So, uh, we got some more information on Rocket League. Uh, Rocket League was announced to be coming to Switch a while back, but we had no real date other than, you know, holiday 2017, um, which, you know, is kind of a wide range. But we are, you know, going to be in November uh, tomorrow for anybody who listens to the podcast on release day. So it's, you know, it's coming up. And so it was announced that Rocket League is coming to the Nintendo Switch eShop on November 14th. Oh. It'll be 19, it'll be 1999 USD. Oh. So just over two weeks away. Two weeks away and uh, a good price, I feel. Yeah, it, it's a good price. It is definitely a good price. Um, it's cheap. It is digital only. Um, they are going to give it a physical release. But we don't know when. How is that cheaper than Minecraft? I'm just curious. Uh, it's the same price, isn't it? I thought nine, Minecraft was 29. Was it? Maybe it was. How does that? How did know. that come in cheaper? You know, I, there they, there must be some reason. Maybe porting <laughs> the game to Switch was like really easy. I, I have or no idea. Like that. I'm excited for it, but that's just crazy. I, I I was not expecting that price point. To be honest with you, I was expecting. I feel like people would easily play 40 bucks for it. Yeah. Now, it will have a local wireless multiplayer. Um, it will have cross-play between PC and Xbox. 
Um, and uh, it'll have, of course, the exclusive Switch content, which are those uh, Mario and Luigi cars. Oh, there's a Samus one, too, um, that are just specific skins for Switch stuff. Um, and if you don't want all digital because you're worried about the storage space on your Switch, or you're like me and you like having physical media still because you're weird, uh, we can wait. Uh, it's going to be coming, quote, later. We don't really know when, um, but at some point in time, it will well, be coming out to a physical it, release. Like, it makes it easier. Like, I feel like they made it much easier for me to have a physical thing because it's a cartridge. It's a little tiny cartridge that fits anywhere. That's not hard to lug around. Like, CDs are harder to lug around. Well, and you don't have to install the cartridge exactly. like you do with discs you just for play Xbox it immediately, or PlayStation. Which, which I think... Yeah. You know, having physical media beyond the, the beyond you just being weird, like I, they actually make it like incentive to have it. That's that's fair. I, I've always been a big fan of, of physical, so I'm good with it. Yeah, um, yeah. I own most of my games are physical, only because when I get sick of it, I want to be able to trade it. See, and for me, I forget what I have when it's digital. So I, I was checking out yeah. my Steam profile today. That's fair. And I found out that. I have not played at all in any way 67% of the games I've bought on Steam. <laughs> oh, God. Because <laughs> I just forget I have them. Like, Steam has some big summer sale, and so I buy, like, a half a dozen stuff, games yeah. and then totally forget about them. Yeah. Um, versus when I have the physical game, I've got that box sitting on my shelf, and I'm staring at it. I know that I need to play it. That's Yeah, that's a good cue. That's good. I, I think I, I will definitely – I mean, 20 bucks. that's – to me, it sounds like it has a lot to offer for that price point. You know, you're playing with people on PC, so you have some friends that like to play on PC or Xbox. <laughs> you can play with them on the Switch, which is really cool. Now, I will be curious to see if the physical release is more money, uh, which has been the case for some Switch games. It would have to be. It, it takes more but to produce it. Production costs. It, I mean, that's true, but if you go out and you buy Destiny 2, it's $60 regardless of if it's digital or not. So um, sometimes they build that price in, sometimes they don't. For me, though, I'm not really in a rush at this point. I'm sorry to, to Rocket League, but with Mario Odyssey just coming out, uh, Metroid Samus Returns came out you know a week or two before that. I've got Doom. South Park, The Fractured But Whole. Doom comes out on the same Doom, day. Yeah, and then No, Doom's on the 10th. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right, the week before. Yeah. But then, you know, Doom comes out in a couple of weeks. So, like, I've just got all of these games to play that I've really been looking forward to that I had pre-ordered a long time ago. So, you know, this game is one I'll end up getting, but probably not in 2017. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for Rocket League. Uh, not a whole lot of other uh, big news. One weird thing, and this is just strange, is when the Switch got its 4.0.0 release, it's a software update, they accidentally activated compatibility for the Wii U GameCube controller adapter and therefore GameCube controllers. Did you by any chance do air quotes with your fingers when you said that? No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I really didn't. Um, I imagine that I, in my head because I feel like that's how it's supposed to be brought across. No, no, no. I, I really think that the, it was – I do think it was an accident because the goal of uh, – one of the goals of this update – was to add USB headset support so you could have wireless USB headsets uh, when you're using the Switch in docked mode. And because of that, they had to basically turn on peripheral support for the USB port. And I think that that just inadvertently provided that support for the Wii U adapter, which is a USB adapter. I will so, tell you I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I don't think anybody's mad about it. Now, I already have that, but I haven't actually tried it yet. Have you tried it? No, I, I, I plugged it in, and right before I was ready to try it, um, you know, I, I couldn't. So I, didn't, I ran out of time. So, no, I haven't tried it. It's plugged in. The controller's plugged in. It's ready to go. Um, but, that's, but that's only going to work. That's not every game, right? Like, that only works on some well, so since it's not an official feature, it was not intended. They're they're not base. They're basically not confirming that it is supported on any particular game. But it will work better on some games, uh, mainly the first party Nintendo titles. So things like 
Mario Kart or Splatoon or Mario Odyssey or Zelda Breath of the Wild um, because that's what this was for. I mean, this adapter was built specifically to play Super Smash Brothers on Wii U with GameCube controllers. And so if you extrapolate that out, first-party Nintendo games are somewhat compatible. That's I think that's awesome. I'm really excited about that, um, truly, because basically... I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the the Joy Cons, and I like using the um, pad. I ha- I don't have a Pro controller, but oh man, I love the feel of the GameCube controller. So I'm when I get Doom, I'm definitely going to be trying to use the GameCube controller for it. That's funny. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I will say this: if if you if you don't have a Pro controller, you, you should get one. Um, it feels great to play with the Pro controller. It's actually quickly becoming one of my favorite controllers. Uh, I think it does what the Xbox One controller tries to do, but more comfortably. Really? I do. I do. You, it's very, very similar. I mean, they clearly modeled it off of the Xbox controller, but I think it feels better in my hands. So you, do you, would you, how would you compare that to, I know PS4 controller is your favorite controller, so how do you compare well, it? It's it's not the the DualShock Four is my favorite PlayStation controller. Mm. It's the first PlayStation controller that I felt was I was really comfortable with. My favorite controller of all time uh, is 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 actually uh, the GameCube controller. Um, yeah, really. I, I that, so this is a big deal it, yeah. for you. So I'm gonna play around with this and see just how compatible it is. But I love the GameCube controller. I think that its quirky design is more ergonomic than people want to give it credit for. Uh, and just because a controller looks silly, does that does not mean it's a bad thing. Uh, we, we've had plenty of controllers that don't look silly that are awful. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, look, we're at a point where controllers are becoming more and more similar. The Xbox controller has barely changed over its history. Uh, if you don't count the giant big one that first launched with it. The DualShock has barely changed in its history. Nintendo has always kind of mixed stuff up, right? When you start with NES and then Super Nintendo and so forth, they've really just changed it up every time. And the Pro Controller is their first real attempt at doing mainstream controller design. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It. it I mean, and it's just such a really good-feeling controller. Like, I really like the placement and the... Um, the actual triggers on it are, are very nice. Very like they're one of those triggers that I don't know about you, but I'm a, a hard presser. I like to call it. I press <laughs> buttons very hard, and uh, sure, those sure. triggers you really got to put some. I feel like I'm not going to break it. Like I really could put some pressure on them. So that's really cool. I got you. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I, I can't wait. I'm going to try it with Mario Odyssey here, um, probably in the next couple days. Cool. Yeah. Let me know what you think. Man. I hope it works. Is I'm I'm just not sure because I feel like there are some games that it's just not going to work for. Like it's just there's just not enough buttons. I don't know. Um. See, that's the thing. I don't know if that's true or not. I'll have to count the buttons. But I don't think I'm. A, I actually have the Pro controller sitting right here because I was playing some Switch earlier, and I don't think the GameCube controller has fewer buttons. Really? I don't think so. I, I imagine I mean, uh, because like what do you do for the um the camera button and all that other stuff? Well, I mean, like it doesn't have the the specific like home and and, right. and uh, screenshot button, but it has everything else. It's got your A B X Y. It's got two joysticks. It has a D pad. It has start and uh, and select, and it has four trigger buttons or paddles. Four paddles. So they call it, yeah. You know, in fact, the GameCube controller has an extra set because it's got the uh, the C stick. Yeah, see, that's the thing. How are they going to use that? How are they making so that? It might just too? be it might just be disabled. You know, in a, in a bunch of games. So I don't know. It, it's out there. It's a feature. You can try it out. If anybody out there has tried it, let us know. Hit us up at Heroes Podcasts or contact at heroespodcast.com. Let us know if you think that it works well, if you think it's stupid. If you hate the GameCube controller, you can tell me it's okay. I can take it. <laughs> it is only his favorite one, but whatever. No, no, it's cool. That's exciting. Well, it's, it's not like I designed it or anything, you know. So. so let's talk a little bit about this, and we'll then we'll lay this, let this rest. Um, although Nintendo's maybe claiming it as to be an accident... There are rumors that it is 
kind of a uh, a little bit of a, a clue to uh, a Super Smash Bros. I think that a people want to think that everything <laughs> a company does is on purpose, uh, and Nintendo is not one to normally admit to a mistake. So I appreciate that they have here. I think that a a Smash Brothers on Switches is inevitable. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like this is just a self fulfilling prophecy. Um, they were going to do a Smash Brothers. They've been doing Smash Brothers on every console since the 64. Right. The 64, the Wii, the Wii U have all had Smash Brothers games. The 3DS has a Smash Brothers game. So the Switch will have a Smash Brothers game, you know, unless it was going to be a, a just complete bomb of a console, which it hasn't been. In fact, they think the Switch will outsell the Wii U in just its first year. So. Oh, I don't There's blame gonna that. Be. Like, I think it's on pace. Oh, for, I think it'll be more popular than than Xbox One for sure. Well, so far the the Switch is showing to be the best selling console of 2017. But the Scorpio's not out yet. The holiday season hasn't happened yet. But but anyway, the the point I'm trying to make though is that there is no real precedent for the Switch not to get a Super Smash Brothers game. Um, the only question is, is it going to be a port of the Wii U game? Or will it be a sequel, a new game? That's really the only question mark. And I think here, if the GameCube support is that easy and they could tweak it and make it better through firmware updates, that that just makes it easier for Nintendo to to make it a, make it a reality and keep that GameCube controller going. As much as they might want to get away with it, esports community loves it. Right. Well, um, I hope. Well, you're right. I they're definitely going to make a game. That's going to happen, but you never know. Maybe they'll they'll pump out a um, they'll do meet melee, an updated melee. <laughs> Who knows? I'd like to see a brand new one. I've I, I have every Smash Brothers game at this point. Something brand new would be nice. I don't I don't need them to to do a bunch of ports. They've ported you know Mario Kart already. Let's let's move on to new stuff. Well, that's a port that is very um, close to people's hearts. So, <laughs> Well, of course. But for people like me who did get a Wii U, I don't want to buy too many repeats of games that I've already invested in, if that makes sense. Well, there's only been a couple, so... Right, I'm just saying I, I don't want Smash Brothers to be another one, especially since Smash Brothers is going to come out at a minimum, at the absolute earliest, in the second year of the Switch. So I don't really want to keep buying Wii U consoles in 2018 and 2019. Oh, I don't blame you, man. Like, uh, thankfully, I don't have a Wii U, so I get to buy it once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like most people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's switch gears and talk about Super Mario Odyssey, which came out last week on Friday for, of course, the Nintendo Switch. This is the newest Mario game. It is a not quite open world, of course, but a 3D world Mario game, just like Mario 64, Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. Um, so far, it is one of the highest rated games of all time, sitting at 97 out of 100 on Metacritic. It uh, is just shattering records. I, IGN gave it 10 out of 10, for example. Um it's basically vying for Game of the Year, along with Breath of the Wild, so Nintendo is competing with itself at this point for Game of the Year. John, what what are your first impressions of Mario Odyssey? How do you feel about it? I, I really enjoy it. Um, it's a game that, like I said, and, and we all had anticipated, the game, it just encourages exploration, and it, it has a lot of nodes to the classics that I think is very important for Mario history, but some of the things that I'll, I'll talk about that I think uh, are really cool and, and just, like I said, really rich in Mario history would be, like, there are portions of the game where, um, the, the portions where you're going 2D, from 3D to 2D, those are awesome. I mean, we're talking back to NES. Um, and then there are portions of the game where you're jumping through paintings, which is very uh, Mario 64. And um, of all of the – most of the – I beat Mario 64, the main campaign on that. Or I guess they didn't call them campaigns back then. So <laughs> for me, this is what I compare it to, you know, because that one is the one I feel I have the most – 
uh, investment in. Like, you know, just when you think Mario 64 is so groundbreaking, you're like, man, this is the best. And they come out with Galaxy, and you're like, how could they even top 64? And they did. And Galaxy, for me, was just too big. <laughs> to be honest with you, it was just too big. Like, I never finished it, um, let alone the second one. But and, and, you know, it's pretty much universally agreed that the second Galaxy is better than the first one. So, <laughs> even bigger. <laughs> yeah. You know, they just kind of keep breaking their own their own ground, you know, and just kind of going one step higher with each iteration. Right. And, and I think uh, that's just incredible that they can still stay unique. And that's kind of where, where those really cool mechanics that they've introduced in this game – um, like Cappy being one of them is a huge deal. Like being able to possess anything um, that's living, I guess, because you can't really possess like. Well, can you? I don't know. You can't possess like cars or anything, right? Well, I mean, I haven't gotten far enough to to know yet. Uh, so you you and I, just for some perspective for people here. So you and I are about the same distance into the game, except that where there was a branch, we each took opposite opposite right. branches. Um. It's the first branch, so we're not, like, super far. We're on, you know, Kingdom, like, 5 or something by, like that. By the way, that's 5 of, like, 20, 25. Yeah, there's like, a lot. There's a lot of kingdoms in this game because it's it's pretty big. Like, it's huge. Um, but if we talk about the, the Cappy mechanic just for a minute, I mean, historically speaking, Mario has really done, you know, one main thing, and that's get power-ups. You know, you have your mushrooms, your flower, your fire flowers, your tanuki suits, you know, things of that nature. Um, some games had him, you know, get special hats, and his hats did things. Like in Mario 64, you would get the, the hat that turned him into Metal Mario right. or Invisible. There was, he gave him abilities, um, yeah. Right. In, in, Mar- in Super Mario Brothers Wii, there was the hat that had the spinning uh, propeller on top, so you could kind of spin up into the air. You know, things like that. This is totally different. In this game, you your hat is a living being <laughs> from the Cap Kingdom that can possess other creatures, Goombas and tanks and T Rexes and just you know all these crazy uh, you know enemies, so to speak. And then you get all their abilities. You get to do what they do. So the tanks they get to shoot and blow up walls and. Um, you know, the Goombas can stack on top of each other to reach tall places and, you know, things like that. Um, what do you think of this new mechanic? Do you like it? I do. I, I think it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I will say, and uh, Mario, or excuse me, when Nintendo really pushed that hype on that, the T-Rex, you're like, oh man, I get to be a dinosaur. And really, you're, you're the dinosaur for a couple minutes in like the early kingdoms, like the second kingdom, I think. Um, that was a little weird. I was like, man, I wish I could have done more with it. Cause really all you can do is break rocks, um, and eat, yeah. destroy a couple things. But, um, I mean, I guess that just goes to show you that there, there are probably a lot more secrets to this game. And I just thought they hyped it up. Cause like, it was like their final thing in their trailer. It's like Mario is, is cap, Cappy's in a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> it was like their finale in the trailer, so that's why I was kind of like, "What? That? Why is this so early in the game?" I think it's just to kind of show the absurdity of what you can do here—the right. the levels, the lengths at which they went to break the mold of Mario. You know, um, this is a puzzle game, which you know, of course, shares similarities to Zelda. It's it's a game where you have to figure out what you need to control to have abilities to complete certain tasks that are needed to get you where you need to go. And the T-Rex is just something that's very large and just different. You know, the only dinosaurs we really know are, are Yoshis in the Mario universe. Um, and so I, I, I like that it was early on because it also showed that the trailer didn't just, you know, sh- show us everything. It didn't blow blow their load, right? We, we know that there's more. <laughs> there's more to this game beyond the T-Rex. The T-Rex is the tip of the iceberg. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, for people who haven't had a chance to look at it, the story is very simple. It's it's uh, Bowser kidnaps Peach, and Bowser no is, instead of um, just kidnapping her like usual, he's forcing her to marry him. And uh, he needs certain elements, the moons, from um, each kingdom. So, really, your, your goal is to basically... 
either get collect those items before he does um, and stop him, uh, or <laughs> you know let him marry her. But yeah, it's pretty simple. But I think that's important, though. It's like, uh, we, hey, the the focus is not the story. The focus is um, we want you to find those moons, and they really do a good job at each level has a certain number of moons. I guess we call it a minimum, right? Because you can get more than that. Right. There's there's the minimum to kind of complete the level, and then there's this kind of like extra maximum level layer of additional moons that I assume will unlock some kind of like star kingdom, like the you know the star star road or something like that back in the day, um, the star world, you know. But the the moons for people who don't know have kind of taken the place of the stars that you would have in. Um, you know, previous Mario games like Mario 64, you're collecting these moons, and the moons power up this flying hat, which is the Odyssey. And so you take it, you know, from kingdom to kingdom, and the more moons you get, the farther you can go, of course, and kind of catch up to, to Bowser. Right. Um, of course, we still have some of Bowser's goons to deal with. We, he's got his weird rabbit friends who fly one of his... Uh, his Boats, his like a pirate ships. ship in this cl- in the clouds. <laughs> well, that's very old. I mean, that goes all the way back to Mario three. So, See, and the thing uh, though, these these bosses aren't really that bad. They're pretty easy for the most part. They uh, usually award you three moons, um, which is not terrible. But I think the the goal here is for you to explore and find the moons. So they're just kind of an obstacle because oftentimes you'll fight them. Uh, at that point in the um, in the level or the kingdom, and you you still you still not even close to having all the moons, so you still have to do some exploring. It's not like a final boss fight; you're done and you get out. Right, it's definitely different, and in many ways, uh, they kind of unlock the next like half of the of the kingdom. Right, right, yeah. Actually, there actually there's um in the desert kingdom there was actually a couple bosses. Remember there was that giant, um, I want to say Mayan god, <laughs> in that temple god in that other part of oh, it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. he was more of a challenge than the other, the rabbits. I had a harder time with that one, to be sure. Um, that was a really cool one. I had fun with that. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, basically. I, I like the mechanics. I oh, like I know. I like that the hat, you, know, you, you use it not just to take control of things, but also to knock things around. Um and it's a constant, you know, aspect of the game. You can jump off of it to get to different places, and it just quickly becomes an ability or a gadget that you have, like you would in some of the more complex games like Zelda. Well, th- this one was really cool, unique specifically because – so he's a giant um, – I want to say temple god, right? And he's slamming the ground, and he can drop crystals, and his hands get tired, so when his hands get tired, you take care of it. You you take it. You possess his hands and you punch him in the face with them. Yeah. <laughs> his own hands. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. Um, I, I like to. I've kind of. I've said this before to you. I think, but I've kind of compared this game to. This is like what would happen if he took Mario and threw him into Breath of the Wild. I think that's a fair comparison. Um, like it's a little I, more I structured. Is, it's a little more yeah. structured, but. This this is not an open world game. It's still very. It's an open based. kingdom game. <laughs> it's an open kingdom game. It, it's very very level based, um, you know. But uh, but it just it has puzzles and all these crazy mechanics that are just more sophisticated than your average Mario game. But it's just so well developed. It's so it's it. Mechanically, it's so sound. Mechanically, the the movements, the turns, the the jumps, the angles. I I feel so much more in control of Mario than I did back in like the sixty four game That's where I just fair. was constantly falling off of shit. Oh yeah, like that, and like uh, any slight movement on the joystick, he'll just change direction. <laughs> that was always right, annoying right. for me. Um, but- I don't have that in this game. I feel so much more. In control Fluid. character. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty natural. Um, I've taken, I'll have to admit, I've taken a lot of screenshots in certain moments um, in the game that I just thought were really cool. But I think Breath of the Wild, Mario and Breath of the Wild is probably the best comparison. <laughs> For real. 
and I think that's probably why I like it more. Like, I mean, I love Breath of the Wild, but I feel like it appeals to me more because I'm much, I'm very much a level person. Like, I like the sense of accomplishment. I beat this level, I can move on. Like, Breath of the Wild, it's kind of an ongoing thing. You're not, re- I mean, you, you beat the Divine Beasts, etc., but they're not like, there's no particular order to it. And I, I don't know, I feel like Mario appeals to me more. This game. No, I, I understand. Like, open world games, you know, like Skyrim, it can be things like that. Overwhelming. It can be daunting. Yeah, it can be a very daunting experience with side quests and things of that nature. This game's not quite like that. Um, I think it's as open world as Mario has been. No, Galaxy would probably be, be bigger, wouldn't you say? Well, but Galaxy was so focused on these tiny little planetoids. Right. And I felt like that that was even more segregated in this game. That's fair. So I guess so. the big question is, and I guess we'll save that for another podcast uh, when you've gotten when you've progressed and beaten this game. Is it better than Galaxy? Is this the best Mario game of all? I will say that being only on like the fourth or fifth kingdom, um, I, it is the best I can think of at the moment. Really, I really think I think it's the best made Mario game at the that, like just. At, at this point. I haven't beat it yet, of course, and so I don't want to say that it is the best, but it feels like it is so far. That's good. Um, I, I mean, I'm certainly enjoying it, and I know people will too. There's a reason it's getting perfect 10s and uh, 97% um, and is on yes, pace of being yeah. game of the year. So there's a reason for that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited to get to unlock some more of these kingdoms because the new donk city which is clearly new york city i'm wondering do you think they may have added a section in the city that has a nintendo store that would be hilarious i love that idea i wish i i haven't googled it or anything but how cool would that be if you could visit the nintendo store (laughs) on madison square garden i love it it's a great idea I, I really do. Right? Don't you think – I think they would have thought of that because, I mean, they thought of just about everything in this game. <laughs> right, yeah. So, okay, there is one gripe I have. And what's that? Okay, so the the Switch, of course, is known for the Joy-Con, and the Joy-Con has oh, HD rumble I know what you're already going to say. I already know. Mo- motion controls yep. built into it, right? Well, if you're playing the game – and you're starting it up for the first time that day or something along those lines. And I'm going to do it right now so I can get the terminology correct here. But it really wants you to use the Joy-Con. It does not really want you to use anything else. Do you know so why that s- is? Well, yeah, and I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. But I just want to explain this real quick. So as soon as you launch the game and it loads, you got your black screen, says Nintendo, says Nintendo Switch. doesn't even say what game you're playing yet, right? It immediately goes in, without a title screen, to the try playing with detached Joy-Con controllers. <laughs> and there's no way out of the screen. You can't exit it. No matter what button you press, other than the home button, you can't get out of the screen. You have to wait until the game decides, all right, well, I guess you don't want to use the Joy-Cons. Let's move on. <laughs> That's true. It does, like, make you wait. <laughs> and I, I don't like that because it depends how you're going to play it. So you and me, we started playing this game in the car. On a road trip. Right, which is which is silly that I'm going to use the Joy-Cons. <laughs> right? You're not going to do that. You're going to play it in handheld mode. Like, it's designed to be played. And if I'm at home, I'm probably going to use my Pro Controller. Right. So, that's a little annoying. Before you get to any kind of title screen. Now, alright. Why do they do that? Well, because certain abilities of caps, cappies require you to use the motion Which controls. is, that's the part that pisses me off. Yeah, apparently, no, I'm with you there, Apparently man. he can do, like, four more abilities that we don't know about because we haven't flicked the freaking There are some moons that we are not going to be able to get without doing that. So if you want to 100% the game, you're going to have to use the motion controls with the Joy-Cons. You're just going to have to do that. Hence the um, one in desert that's all the way, a pyramid in the sky. Now, I'm not a big fan of motion controls. I also don't really care about 100%ing a game. I just care about beating the game. So maybe I'll never even get to that point. 
I don't know. But that's my that's my gripe. That's my only That's gripe. a good one. I I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I was reading that. It, it, that's funny. I stumbled across that today and it was like it was like Cappy can do this and I was like no he can't. No he can't. And then I looked, I read the article and it's because they were using the Joy-Cons and I'm like what? So <laughs> there is a scene or scene. There is a part in the kingdom of the Desert Kingdom where there is like a moon way up in the sky on a pyramid. So you could throw Cappy. You could flick him. I didn't even know that. You could get that pyramid up there. Yeah, yeah. It's really annoying. Got, I didn't know you could throw him that high controls. or that far either. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have assumed that, but I also wasn't trying the motion control, so what did I know? Right. Oh, no, I tried to th- – like I threw him, but he only goes so far. Um, I mean, look, Nintendo's been trying to do something with motion control since the Wii. <laughs> Sometimes it works. Uh, Wii Sports, it was great. Uh, aiming in Splatoon 2, pretty good. But I, I don't need it. I don't I don't need that ability. It's not something a Mario game needs, in my opinion. It should be optional. Uh, I don't think... like it, it almost seemed like a requirement, in my opinion. I feel like well, there's only going to be a few more sections that we're going to run into that we're going to have to use that on, regardless. Yeah, right, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Like it, It's a requirement in the sense that there are parts of the game you cannot accomplish with regular controls. You have to use motion controls. So, I mean, that's a requirement to complete the entire game. It's not a requirement to beat the main story. That's like I agree with that. That kind of it's kind of like, hey, you can't beat this game unless you play it in your non-preferred way. Like that's kind of annoying. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Uh, T Rex aside, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's that one's legitimate. The T Rex thing, I was just like expecting like this insane Jurassic Park moment. But really, maybe, it was just – Maybe that will come later. It was like, just go break a few rocks. All right. <laughs> As a T-Rex. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, do you have any more thoughts about Odyssey before we wrap up for the day? I will have more when we get further in the game. We're only on like the fifth kingdom. Fair enough. Well, then uh, I think that's going to be it for us. If you've been playing Mario Odyssey and have any thoughts about it, be sure to hit us up at heroespodcast.com and at heroespodcast on Twitter and Facebook. Um, I will be at BlizzCon this weekend in Anaheim, California at the Anaheim Convention Center. So if you are going to be there, please come say hi to me. You can uh, try and find me at Ad Heroes Podcast, or if you want to contact me directly, I started recently a new video game Twitter account, uh, at Dorico Manico, which is D-E-R-R-I-C-O-M-O-N-I-C-O, if you would like to contact me there. Um, feel free to, to join up with me. I'm hoping to catch a bunch of panels and you know see some of the championships and stuff like that, so I'm really looking forward to it. Don't forget to join us the week after at Kansas City Comic Con, November 10th, 11th, and 12th in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. We will have a table, a booth. Come say hi to us. Uh, We are going to have panels. We'll be doing a live episode of Gamer Heroes at the convention. So be sure to join us for that. We'll probably have some Q&A and some audience participation, assuming there is an audience. (laughs) They will be there. I mean, I'll be there. I'll so, be there. You know, at, at the very least, we can talk to ourselves. Right. We're going to have this very <laughs> conversation. <laughs> uh, John, man, if people want to get a hold of you, where can they find you and what you do? Guys, if you're you're really, really in the mood for a Batman cowl or a Batgirl cowl, um, please come find us at KCC. Uh, we'll be at the Buster Props booth. We'll be selling those. We'll be able to provide for all of those kind of needs. I'll even have pickle ricks. So that's <laughs> really? a very – yeah, I'll have pickle ricks. That's oh a little God, little fun project I've been working on, and uh, I think it's I think it's going to be a hit. I think people are going to love it. Um, so come by. Check us out, Buster Props. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter – excuse me, f- Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is just something we're working on. Um, <laughs> and uh, – yeah, like us, please, because the more people that know about us, uh, the more the more reach we get. So, absolutely, that's it. 
And uh, I am also the Star Trek dude on Twitter as well. It's my main account. If you are into Trek, come talk with me. Uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash heroes podcast. We are doing new monthly parody videos. September was the big Kahuna Burger scene from Pulp Fiction starring John. As angry Samuel. <laughs> yes. Um, and this month in October, we did a Halloween themed horror movie scene. Uh, that uh, comes out actually today if you're listening to this on release day on Halloween. So uh, it'll go to the public in two weeks. But if you are a patron, you get two weeks early access as well as access to behind-the-scenes footage for as little as $1 a month. It helps us buy new equipment like microphones and soundproofing and video cameras and all that good stuff. That sounds delicious. Guys, go ahead and give them your money. All right, that's going to be it for us. Thank you for joining in. We'll catch you guys next week. Game on. Have a beautiful time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.